Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, joining us on the Gym Owners Podcast today, uh, we have a another Tyler. We have we have Tyler Ryder, owner of Torque Strength and Conditioning in St. Paul, Minnesota. Tyler, we always jump in with the heavy hitting questions right away. Tyler, tell us what is the hardest lesson you've had to learn as a gym owner to date? I would say probably be prepared for the unexpected, <laughs> especially in the last few years, obviously with COVID, um, even stuff between gym owners, stuff, everything with that. Um, I would say definitely, you know, prior to COVID, I thought I had everything going. Um, nothing's going to you know, derail us. Um, and lo and behold, boom, we had to shut down like many businesses. Um, that, I think that was a hard pill to swallow, even though you do everything right. Um, yeah. Someone could make you maybe lose what you worked for. Yeah. Well, that's a tough, that's, that's a tough spot to be in too, because you can be a resilient business and kind of get by in during down swings and things like this, but just stoppage. Like yeah. businesses aren't built for that, like almost in any form. And I think that's the thing that I think a lot of people will have picked up on in this last few years. It's like, you know, it's, that's, it's one thing that like outside forces, weather, government, they can shut you down right away. You know, either of those things to come in and you can lose kind of everything with the snap of a finger, you know, yep. and there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. that's, that's exactly what happened. I mean, we're fortunate enough that our staff and members are amazing. So we were able to get through it. Um, yeah. We came out the other side better, but yeah, yeah I know a lot of business. It wasn't, it wasn't a fun situation. What's crazy yeah. to me. Go ahead, John. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you go, Todd, because I was essentially going to transition a little bit. So you're good. Keep on. Yeah. What's crazy to me, if I'm being totally honest, I don't, wasn't interested in paying for a gym membership during a lockdown. You know what I mean? If I was in one of those places, if I, I, I love to say that during all the hardships of COVID that I would have been coughing up another couple hundred bucks a month for something I'm obviously not getting the same value out of as before. I, I personally, God, I'd love to say that I would have kept biting that bullet, but I, I ain't got that stuff built into my, to just be wasting money. That's it's, it's, it's such a testament to, I think how good the communities are that yeah. you guys have built to have people that are really like my money, even though I'm not getting it all back. Like I, I, I need you to still be able here to do this for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Even myself. And that's why it was so hard to like, you know, <laughs> luckily our business structure was sound enough to where I kind of told people tough shit. They are paying. <laughs> so yeah. we went online, you know, we did like cooking classes and all this, but that was short lived, you know, with our facility, I'm really lucky. And you've been there Yeah. where, you know, once April hit and it was nice enough. Yeah. It might've been chilly, but I was outside, you know, I'd bring you know, squat racks outside, all that. I'd give people two sessions per day. Um, kind of like a mid morning and mid afternoon. Yeah. So we still had a lot of, we had a lot of members showing up for that. We would like stay away. We didn't know what was going on with COVID at the time. Yeah. Bring your shit down. Um, so we did that as soon as possible. So people, I think if we wouldn't have done that, I think it would have been hard for people to continue to pay. Yeah. So, and that's where I was going to ask is kind of getting everybody acclimated to where you are. So you guys are in St. Paul in Minnesota here in the States. And what was that lockdown i mean essentially tyler spent some time so stone spent some time over in europe which is still you know in some areas is bananas yeah. i'm in virginia which had a totally different setup and situation compared to say like new york or or los angeles or california yeah. what was it like where you guys were at and that it sounds like you had at least some flexibility to be outside and even stay open i think for us it was the craziest because of the things that were to come you know in the beginning we didn't know what was happening like anybody yeah. so we're like yeah let's do the thing and 
locked down and, you know, get through this shit. But as things started to progress, you know, we started to figure stuff out more. It was more and more of like, all right, we need to be open, which then there was some backlash from that. And it's like, well, no offense, but you're getting unemployment. I'm not. Yeah. I'll have more. (laughs) And excuse me, but fuck you. So I think that was my whole attitude towards it. And then, you know, I say this, I don't think we would have opened unless George Floyd didn't happen. Oh, really? That's interesting. I wholeheartedly do not believe we would have opened up as soon as we did. Um, just because of the riots and everything. That oh, yeah, happened. that's right. I forget that you guys are in Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I, was, for, I, I totally forgot my, about that. Yeah. I slept in my gym for three days. Oh, shit. Rifles, my dog, um, my guns. <laughs> yeah. Guns, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't think we would have opened up if that didn't happen. I, I think yeah. all some people saw the writing on the wall, like, well, these people can congregate and riot and be together then why can't it's a tough spot to be in we talked to everett about this in canada where there's you know they're responding to a different set of rules but it's like we don't want to create a hill to die on either because it sucks you know we're here just trying to do fitness and try to make a living and try to like make a healthier world community and you also you don't want to alienate people who maybe have like a different interpretation of the COVID fear equation, right? I don't want those people to hate me or not think they can get fit in my place of business. Exactly. So it's tough as a gym owner to be like, well, I need to fight. I need to advocate for what I think is right. My right to be open and why I think that this is okay. But I also don't, you know, you can't just be fully like bucking what the rules are either and getting yourself penalized and fined and in jail and all this type of stuff. It's, you can lose everything. <laughs> it's, 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 this has been, the, it's been a very interesting couple of years for sure. Yeah. And you, you nailed it. It was just one of those situations, you know, you're like, well, like, what do you do? You're kind of, you're mm-hmm. damned if you do, damned if you don't situation and the right call just, you just kind of, I just always went with my gut and it worked out. Yeah. Well, let's get to the funner stuff. So, well, I was, yeah, transition is that yeah. you didn't get started as a gym owner to like, I don't know, like become a martyr. And you <laughs> yeah, didn't get started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't yeah. like, be like, I'm going to fight the government because I want to be able to do fitness. So, like, when you get started, how did you get started? Like, what was that, the journey of you actually like getting your gym? And I think you also, you guys have had some cool transitions of kind of really truly starting to stand on your own two feet, just even the brief knowledge that I have of what your yeah. history has been. So yeah. I think it's kind of back to that start. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I can take, well, how far back you guys want to go. It's, um, I guess, when did you take over? When did, when did the gym pop yeah, up? Yeah, your gym. Yeah. So I, I was previously in Iowa train or a co I was a director for an association. Um, but then we opened up with my first partner, and so he's like the investor. So we opened up. I mean, at that time, you know, I was all the craze was obviously CrossFit. And this is very old. This is like, you know, opened up in 2014, January of 2014. Yeah. And um, so we were CrossFit for the starting out, but right away, you know, I brought on Olympic weightlifting, um, more of the sports specific training with high school and college athletes, which was always my thing. Um, and then over time, you know, really saw kind of the flaws in the CrossFit part of it. Not saying it's a bad thing, but just the overuse and some of the things. And I always battled with it with my, you know, my background with especially the sport specific and it just, it didn't sit well with me. So we, we slowly tried to transition out of that um, and try to had some fight. And then actually when, you know, I met Tyler with Julian um, when he did the, 
the seminar at my gym and then the week long uh, coaches week after that, I just, boom, just shifted, totally pivoted, um, changed all of it. Finally did what I knew I needed to do. It was just, I needed to hear from someone else and it, it did wonders. So we haven't been affiliated for a long time. We do not do anything CrossFit. I mean, sure, we'll do the Murph and some Hero Wads because that stuff's awesome. Yeah, for what it stands for. But um, that that whole road of those, you know, I'm putting some short, short, uh, short phrases here. But you know, from that beginning of 2014, you know, to when we we changed, it was a lot of growth, a lot of pain, and a lot of pain in the ass, a lot of long weeks. You know, 80 hour weeks are average, or always a thing. Um, but the thing was when we we shifted and pivoted to what we are now, which is again, we train almost every power sport, you know, power lifters, Olympic weightlifters. Uh we have strongmen now. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just we just need the room and you yeah, got yeah, most of doing. the equipment, you know, and, and yeah, then there's totally. only a few things you gotta need. Yeah, strongmen yeah, are pretty easy to keep happy as long as you keep the toilets clean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, so he's helped out with that. Yeah. And uh Another buddy, Mike Congdon, uh, Mike Struzis, those guys are pretty, really good strong. So they've helped a lot with that. But then always had like the high school, college athletes. Um, so then our GPP program now, honestly, I train adults like as if they were in sports. Okay. A lot of sports specific that or very generalized. It depends on the time of year. But they just feel good doing that. We don't do uh, we don't do the Metcon game anymore. Haven't in a long time. Still apply a lot of the strong fit principles, but a lot of other things. Yeah. I think what you, what you've always done, Tyler, that I've, that I noticed as soon as the first time we were in your gym, because at that time you were purely CrossFit affiliate. You kind of were trying to find at least some other things to do, but you were, you were always offering multiple tracks that your clients could go through. You had specialty coaches that only coached thing. A. you want to talk to a little bit about like some of these ancillary offerings or accessory or what's the word auxiliary offerings that you guys made? Yeah, no, you're right. We, 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 we have done that. And I'm blessed with an awesome staff. So, you know, we have uh, like coach Simona. So she does like strictly kettlebell. She's RKC certified. So she's, and she's just a, a fun, fun lady mm-hmm. to be around. Um, so people are really drawn to her. Um, we have our powerlifting uh, crew. Um, so uh, Fen Kornoyer, he's been powerlifting more than more than alive. Um, he holds a bunch of records. He's, he's awesome. Very old school. Awesome. So then we, and we have Olympic weightlifting who my coach, uh, Robert Paul Jones. So he was, uh, in worlds in the eighties, he, he came in through the eighties in that circuit lifted against the best ever. Yeah. Hearing those stories is unreal. So, um, he took me under his wing and then obviously we grew torque barbell. Uh, we have an awesome team there. Um, we have, you know, coach Lexi, she does, um, she's a gymnast at Penn state. So she just, knows gymnastics which is nothing i don't know shit about and if if a person comes in so tell me about this how does this work am i buying a membership for just the whole spot and i pop in where i want to go or am i buying like how does this work for getting people in when we list all these type types of things i always am interested in how they assemble and how if a person wants to do powerlifting, do they have to be coached do they not coach how tell me a little bit about how that flow works and that that's definitely um Dependent upon the person, obviously. Yeah. So if we have someone who's very new and doesn't know anything and they're very they're rookie coming in, then we I need to make sure they're coached all the time. Right. Yeah. We kind of do more block training for them. Okay. Um, but I just got a guy coming last week with a few years of experience. So I'm like, hey, we're going to kind of tweak this, what you do, take a look at you. Um, it's really just a snowball effect and seeing where it goes. 
Yeah. Again, try to treat the place how I was coached in college um, towards an environment where we're, we're just, we're there to train, have a good time and awesome culture. But really, it really does depend upon the person. Mostly you'll say a general, you know, someone in there who's general population, then we want to kind of give them more introductory, put them through the GPP program so that they get a lot of different stimulus. Yeah. So that they kind of see what they like. Is this one-on-one -on -one stuff or semi-private or small group? So we have small group and then uh, the block training is really unique in a sense. So it's, you know, two, three hours a day and every single person has their own training, their own programming. Um, and I just kind of walk around and adjust. So that's a cool model. So people can pick, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple blocks a day. That's yeah. neat, Tyler. You know, I've never, I don't think we've talked to you about that part. That's cool. Cause I, I've been looking for these versions of this cool way to maybe a go between between true train on your own unguided you just use my space and get the fuck out of here right. and like and also maybe a blended 24-hour access model but i never liked going all the way to either of those things in my head yet i hadn't found a way it's tight yeah. this seems kind of cool because there's still coach you still someone around but it's not a fully structured class so the coaching burden is reduced quite it a is. bit it's, you know? it's one of those things like i they kind of i tell them like you guys are more advanced, so I hold you to a higher standard. Like yeah. I'll shoot your ass if you're messing around. A lot of that, a lot of that comes from your weight room culture, though your background in sport. Because I know John, you yeah. know the same thing. In, like sport weight rooms, a lot of this, the, some of the best coaching is a coach that like maybe calls you a pussy and then doesn't talk to you again that week. And, <laughs> and you know what I mean? But because you know, but totally. because what you're doing is yeah. you're just going in the weight room and you're getting it done. And there is a, people need to understand that when it comes to one-on-one -on -one coaching or even CrossFit coaching, everyone has a different desire of how they want to be engaged with yeah. as a coach. And some people want somebody watching every movement and criticizing every little thing. When the truth is you kind of got to like plant a seed and let them just fucking ride and, and do the thing and check in when, you know, on safety yeah. and fire them up when they need to be, but creating a good vibe and letting the people go loose. We're playing a long game here anyways. That you, you nailed it. I said it all the time. So I told people in the beginning, I'm like, look, it might be boring. Like today we're just going to work on squats. There's no plan. We're going to yeah. plant some seeds, let you grow. We're going to see how you move. Tell me that way I can see the story of how you move and we can progress rather than I'm not going to sit there and count every rep, watch every thing you do. What's John, we talked about this in our last episode too, about like unique ways to kind of fill out and make some money off of the vacant time, all this empty time yeah. we often have in gyms. Because yeah. Tyler, a lot of gym owners have classes in the morning, in the evening, and maybe like noon at, you know, your, your, your traditional place that's running on a schedule, yeah. you know, with schedule classes and and this is a cool way to kind of like get a little more out of that time. You can, you can sell, you know, that that's a membership component. I think that's a really, really, really cool concept. And I'm sure clients really appreciate it because they can kind of come in and maybe do a little bit of their own thing. And it's not a set fixed time and kind of roll in in the afternoon. I really think that's cool. Yeah. We're, and that's, and that's just how we do it. We still have the group session times, but then you know, that's on one side of the gym. The other side is that block training. Yeah. Um, and one thing we have changed is we actually do have 24 hour access now. Ah, I okay. like that a lot. So it was just, how did you do that? We did after COVID. It just, ah. we just, everyone's schedules were so different. Um, and it was just all of a sudden it was, it's just, we needed to do it. So yeah. it worked out really well. Do you upset, do you upcharge that out of your, so yeah, you have to be a member and then you buy, you don't let people go around the membership or anything like that. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Not everybody wants it either. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really fine. Yeah. 
that's doing it, Tyler. God, I, I wish I would have asked these questions before. This is That's exactly cool. the shit we've been riffing on the last couple of weeks, and this has been really mm-hmm. kind of cool. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. You've done a good job of just throwing stuff together, like, though, is like, not arbitrarily, but, like, if a thing is worth looking into, you're, you know it's worth trying. And then you figure out if it's worth doing after the fact. For sure. If it's, yeah. it's going to help the gym and make it a better culture fit, my life easier and brings yeah. value any any time. That's why not? One of the things that I really picked up on, Tyler, is one of the things you're talking a lot about. I mean, you named a bunch of killers that you have that are your people, that are your staff. So many dudes that, and 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 female dudes that we're talking to that own their own gyms and businesses and stuff. They they're so they're solopreneurs. They're they're doing this shit totally on their own. Yeah. And I know, or it's like. You know, either they inherited a gym and there happens to be a coach that's kind of always been there and that's the person that they have. How did you do that? How do you, you don't like, is it just totally by accident? What was the process where you get like every awesome fucking coach and every possible thing that you want to do to where you're not the person that's on the hook for every goddamn thing that you want to do in your gym? Um, and that's something I still do coach a lot of those things, but. I don't like to be the only one doing it. Like I like another voice, especially yeah. for like, I like having like the older cats, like I said, like Fen or Bob who've been in the game a long time. I'm not going to like, I mean, yeah, I went and got my undergrad. I got my master's. Do all this <laughs> stuff. But, but they've lived that life as long as I've been alive. Yeah. You'd be yeah. hard. You'd be hard pressed uh, coaching over Bob. Yeah. That's from a I mean. quality standpoint. Exactly. So yeah. like, it's just one of those things. Like I learned from him. So why would I not have like I, I want those kind of things there? Um, they bring culture and stories. Um, how that happened, I have no idea. It's just kind of yeah. yeah. It just it started with Bob and it kind of snowballed. Uh, Lexi walked into my gym one day and was like, "I'm looking for uh, a job," and I'm like, "Well, what'd you do?" Right away, I'm like, "Yep." So then uh, <laughs> my buddy, my buddy Mad Dog, met him at another gym and is just like, "You got to meet my buddy Tyler," and it's just you, kind of snowballed. You even did at some point when I was there the first or second time you did you had like a whole series of you had like full spin class equipment and everything yeah we did for a time yeah i finally got rid of that shit you were he, he, he was he was i when i get there tyler's got this whole lineup pretty nice bikes you know and and they're all and there's a lot of them i was like oh that's kind of interesting and then we started chatting about it and he's like i'm so tired of these fucking things and then like by lunch somebody's coming buying them off of craigslist there's like people <laughs> having advanced tyler's in the corner wheeling and dealing well i yeah. started one of the numbers on the we, when we you know way back then we had a lot of memberships for that and it's because they the, the coach brought a following and right. it's one of those it's things a sellable like, product from, like i mean that's a more approachable than crossfit or strength training or anything off of if you're talking about stumbling across an ad you know yeah no for sure and it it's just one of those things the return wasn't there as far as even people will and that's when orange theory was really starting to blow up and i'm like i'm not gonna try and be something like that yeah and we had to slowly got rid of it and it it worked out like it just did we have more room to do the better things we need to do a really cool idea that you just presented which was you had you had the bikes you were doing it, but then you saw something that was becoming very popular and you're like, ah, fuck this. We're not doing it anymore. Like, it was like, I think it's, there's so many folks that are being sold of like, we'll copy this or here's the template and here's the thing and do these things. And it's like, it's no, it's like, you're like, this is how I like to train. 
This is how I like to coach people. This is what I'm doing. And my God, if it starts getting too popular or becoming too much like Peloton, then we're fucking selling all of that piece. Mm -hmm. And we're double downing on like what I only like to do. And everybody can go fuck themselves. No, you nailed it. I don't, why try to be like someone else? Otherwise you're just like every other goddamn gym. <laughs> yeah. What What's cool though is I also think the principle of like objectively looking at what you're doing and not doing it just for the sake, just because you've done it and you're, you're doing it now and you've always done it. Like I, we always get into these conversations with gym owners sometimes when we're, when we're working with them and it's like, I always have to say, Hey, I'm just giving you ideas. You don't got to do it. You don't got to do it. That, you know, I always feel, I don't want to be telling people what to do yeah. but very often when we get to that point, people are like, Oh, I guess I never thought I could just shuck that policy away that I made. I was like, you made it. You know, <laughs> and, 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 but it's, but it's important for people, you know, it's just, it's not like this is what we do has to always be yeah. the thing that you always do. No, and it's as a gym owner, and I know you, you know, Tyler, cause you used to own a gym, but it, uh, people hate change too, though. Yes. As a gym owner, we get really locked down to being worried about what people think or, you know, the, the, the backlash. And I still am to this day, but <clears throat> I've learned a lot of things that have changed is finally, I just, I did. I always think about it. Like at the end of the day, you pay me to tell you what to do. So that is kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of fit, that. yeah. So, yeah. so we're gonna stick with that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's what it is, right? You know, and I I know you had a lot of that, a lot more noise like that though when you were transitioning from a full yeah. training methodology. You know, yeah. when you were CrossFit and you're trying to work your personal philosophy into what other people's perception of what CrossFit is, because I don't think CrossFit on its own, because CrossFit can kind of be done in numerous ways, but like you know the way people want crossfit to quote be done to them is uh is is frustrating when you're trying to be the one changing that tide um and I, but i think once you clear that now you can make adjustments and it's not that bad but i bet that had to be the big one right it was and, and you nailed it because i uh we always did it differently anyways but the thing yeah. is for a time it was easy to get members because it'd be like because you had crossfit right in your name yeah, that was it. Even they'd come in and they'd be like, I went to this gym and we never did this stuff. And I'm like, cool, but we do do the thing. Yeah. Well, some people would fight us on that. And then it started to, it, it made a really huge flip. And it was before Julian came and I started to see it happening. And I'm like, we got to do something because this is not going to, this isn't sustainable. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be, our identity was locked with everyone else's. Right. And I, that's, that was a big thing for me. Like, I don't want to put my, my, myself in, what that identity is when I don't believe in it. And even when you do CrossFit and teach it differently and you think more or better, you know, than the next guy or, or, you know, in a way that that still means you're doing the same thing as him, just different. Yeah. You've still got the same name on your thing. And, yep. and so I think when you fully decide that your identity is not that, and this is the thing I think all gym owners have to struggle with, whatever it is they're doing, what your name is, what your brand is, what your product offerings are. It's like, Am I willing to torch this if I don't like how it's representing me? And you should be willing to burn yeah. out components, add something, try something. I think that's that is the process here. Yep, I knew I knew it was a thing when I wouldn't even wear crossfit shirts anymore. <laughs> I like I was like disappointed in myself because I I, <laughs> I I was I was it was embarrassing to me honestly. For me, it was once I got too big. Yeah. <laughs> Once I got a little too bulky, people were not going to believe that I got that from CrossFit. That was well, just, they're, they're like they're like you're a 340 pound strongman, but like this didn't happen doing yeah. burpees, did it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Muscle> <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing. Like I just it, it started to wear on me, and it just I was like, this is not. I'm not doing this long term. 
Yeah. You know, and I, if I, you know, if you want to separate, separate yourself from the pack, you can't be like everyone else. You got to do something different. And what, what was, what, what was the biggest thing that you were worried about prior to making that change that ended up being total bullshit? Losing members. And it was total bullshit. Like we lost, I don't know, I would say maybe two or three. Yeah. But then word got out. And you know, thanks snowball. And all of a sudden we, we, we just, we grew exponentially from when we made that adjustment. Because there are people that would benefit from your coaching and your types of things that like are not going to go to their place when you're a CrossFit gym and they even, and they don't even know that you do the other thing. You know, it's got to become, um, look at all the people you have access to now, all the power yeah. lifters you've got your, you know, your kind of weight room culture. Those people are there very much because there's not CrossFit going on in that room, truthfully. And that's yeah. about that's about finding your lane, man. I, I think everybody needs to do that. And if CrossFit's your thing and you want, I mean, go for it. But um, it's got to be your thing. Yeah. And, you and you, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And that's, I kind of, I, it's funny I say that as well. Like, we just got to stay in our lane and do the best we can. And sure, you want to kind of maybe look at some trends of things. But I think if you're tried and true and just stick to the thing you're passionate about and really good at, which we've done, and kind of trim the fat, so to speak, then, I mean, that's why we're still standing. You're what, eight years in now? Eight years, yeah. Eight years. Yeah. yeah. That's a fucking eternity in the coach. You know what I mean? As far as coaching in a gym and owning, like, that's an eternity. That's the thing. Like, we, you know, last year was our best year ever financially in eight years post-COVID. Yeah. And that was, that? That was without getting, uh, very, that was getting, like, no money from anything. So, was, yeah. Yeah, so to pay taxes on the one month's rent I got for PPP. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, now that bill comes due. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Minnesota. But did, uh, yeah. did, did you ever have a moment you had an investor that was a partner? And as over this eight years of kind of perfecting this and sharpening what you guys wanted to do, did you ever have a moment where it's kind of like, eh, I don't know if this is if this is really what I want to be doing? There, there was, I, uh, I went down to a university and spoke like year two in. And at the time I did, I only had my undergrad at the time and they had a job opening and they, she hinted at, you know, me applying for it. I'm like, well, I don't have my master's. She's like, we well, can get it here and you'd be paid for. And so I was ready to leave. Um, and I kind of told the guys, cause we had some stuff going on between owners. Cause there used to be a few of them. And uh, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm going to jump ship if we don't change some shit. And, uh, and we did, we changed it and we bought out one. And then me and the other guy, um, Neil, you know, once we stayed in our lanes, you know, he's like, dude, you do the thing. I'll check finances. It just took off. Um, and dude, really it's done well. Um, and we're still, we're st you know, then he finally just sold the rest to me and we're still friends to this day. I mean, he's still, I have to go hunting. He brings me a deer every year. It's great. How long ago? How long ago did you get? Uh, did you get him bought out? Uh, four years ago. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yeah, four years. Right. Yeah, four years. Congratulations. That's a big one for gym owners. We've had a few in this past in this past year or so that have done that. We've kind of talked to that have like just got out from under that, and yep. it's that's always a good thing. It's it uh, is, you know it, it is always a good thing. Even like when yeah. business partnerships when they when they end and go well. It's a good thing. And when yeah. they end and they go poorly, it's a good thing that they ended. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. It's good either way. Yeah. It was good for him. It was good for me. It was just time. Yeah. Um, he, 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 I think he knew that. So, yeah. um, 
it was just time to do it. And that, that way there were little things too. Like, you know, he's way more fiscal and like responsible than I am. Cause if, like I said, if I see something, I want it. <laughs> like, like a, like, like a pile of spin bikes. But, yeah, well, like, like, like last, last week alone, I dropped like two grand on new toys. And if he was here, he'd be like, what's all this? I'm like, I don't, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, yeah. What's that? Yeah. So like, <laughs> I just, I keep putting money back into it, but people members love that. And, um, we're in a position to do it. And I just, I want them to train. Like if you're in my gym, it might be small, but you, everything is there that you need to train. Yeah. Everything. And if you can't find it, then you're not, you're in the wrong gym. Yeah. Yeah. I take it. Um, John, we want to go to the last question or do you got, you got one first? I have one question because yeah. I am, I, I, I wish I, I live near you because it would be a gym that would be worth going to <laughs> would actually be worth going to every all the other gyms around my area are like are just horseshit it's either just glorified global gyms that may have power in the name and it's yeah. just like a local global gym that's yeah. created but like this that your model of like the block training for my years playing football it's like oh that's exactly like I would rather have a guy that's kind of be like, so are you like, are you just being a pussy today? Or are you going to squat or whatever? Like that would be (laughs) awesome to have that type of thing again. Anyway, I digress. So my question is you have the gym as a whole, but you, and it's because you referenced a phrase earlier. So I wanted to clarify it. You said we have torque barbell. It's almost like you referenced it. Like it was a a club or a separate thing within the entity. Is that accurate? It is. So that's, that's kind of what we constitute as our like Olympic weightlifting and our powerlifting clubs. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, yeah that's what, so those are our competitive, like our teams. Um, so like we have Olympic weightlifting meet here in March. Um, it's always a big one. We had like 70 lifters last year. So, and then uh, I, go ahead. No, that's what I dig. That's oh, what I like yeah. fleshing out. So like it's that yeah. idea of, cause it's, it's taking uh, stone and I, when we're talking to gym owners, we're trying to figure things out and trying really just a lot of time it's supporting the gym owner be like, well, do you have a coach that's hungry as a go-getter has a certain area that they want to specialize in to where it that's like the baby step because the eventual, like what would be awesome is the idea where you do have a club that's focused on a very particular skill set that just kind of, it sounds like a little bit like what you guys got. Yeah. And that's, and that's very interesting to hear about how that started and how you were able to foster that within the gym. So that's, that's the thing. As soon as we opened, we had, we started that right away. Um, the cool. club. And I was about a year in and I had been doing it previously and competing quite a bit. Um, but then uh, that's where we brought Bob in and he helped me a lot. And then and from there, it just, it took off. Did, is um, it accurate to say, sorry, is it accurate to say that you have a coach like you're interested? It sounds like to me, like, Bob was your like was Bob like your coach or you're finding people that would be awesome to be like your coach and it's like well then I can also expose you to a gym so that I can we can all be successful but I really just would like you to be able to coach me yeah that's how it started started. he came in and uh he was coaching me and um it just progressed from there and I always say coaches need coaches so um yeah he coached me and then we just saw eye to eye and he's almost like a father figure to be honest he's he's a good man um so it just the relationship took off and i mean he still comes in all the time he comes in weekly um he won't let me pay him because that's the thing so i pay him in clothes and liquor um, <laughs> <laughs> which don't we all don't we all want to be paid in liquor well, yeah but life is easier that way yeah yeah, well, yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's been great 
Um, same thing with my buddy Joel with the strongman stuff. We were just kind of, he was actually on our podcast and we're kind of like, we should like hang out. And then all of a sudden he's like, we should have meets at your gym. I'm like, okay. So we do static monsters and some other things. And um, so he's there weekly with some clients of his. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's always still, I just, I always, I always say I wanted the gym to be kind of like a safe haven for people in a sense. Um, just to be that, that release. Um, that's kind of the culture we have. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's kind of a good old boys club. We'll talk shit, have fun. Um, but at the same time, people will go there, you know, kind of unleash themselves and if they have something going on in their lives. Um, and that's just how it's been. Yeah. I really, the, the barbell club is such a neat idea because if you're, if, if you're choosing to compete in a sport, God, it's the perfect thing is to assemble these people into a team because one, they're going to get good quality coaching. It might be the best coaching they're going to get amongst a team of other people that recognize that this is good coaching. But the best part is they're obviously going to train at your gym then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if you got the weightlifting club, like I, that's a, way, a reason I kind of encourage if you're in a place where weightlifting isn't popular, you need to kind of start something. If, if you're coaching weightlifting, start defining that as a club, as something separate, so, you know, something separate so that maybe you can offer a separate program when you get a coach who's fired up to do weightlifting. Because then you can be the place that five years from now, like literally started weightlifting in your town. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like brought it there and made it serious and started hosting meets and started bringing people around. Like, we talk about having a community. Well, the community that we make in our gyms isn't something that we wandered into. We're constantly making it and we're trying to craft something new all the time. And you're always trying to grow it. And this is a very simple and really fun way to grow it. It's just find someone who likes doing a thing and get a bunch of people together and build around that. And we don't have to have that just be our group classes, which was always the thing that people were doing before. And it's like, it should be all these tiny little things. I think a person's, I've talked about this on other podcasts, but you know, the average individual's lifetime fitness journey is all over the place. It's like play when you're a kid and maybe this sport and then that sport. And then it might be, you know, you take up swimming for a couple of years and then you do soccer and then you get old and you get fat and then you go start running and then you start biking and then you go to a gym. But like you go into a CrossFit gym or a, a place where you're getting coaching, people will do that for a certain amount of time. And then they just need to find something else active to do. And if we're trying to make like a healthier culture, what we need to be doing is giving people opportunities to try a new thing, which means if I come in for GPP training and a little bit of weight loss, I can find my way into something that fits me, like maybe strongman training. Or if I was a regular sized person who had interest, I could go into gymnastics or weightlifting or things like that. And that's, I think that's like, if, if I wanted to design a gym that is designed for longevity, it's that, that people can come in, like bounce around through all the cool fitness type things that you do. And you just try to do the things you do well. And that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what we do. So yeah. someone, I'll have people come into our instant weightlifting. I'm like, well, what's your background? And I'm like, you need to go here first. So we kind of think of GPP because you're going to do a little bit of everything. You get a lot of stimulus, you have a lot of growth. That's and the then we, and we get you there when we get you over there. Exactly. It's right here for you. And yeah. with and kind of going back, you know, with the weightlifting club, that's really what sparked everything. Our gym yeah. wouldn't have a culture if we didn't start that right away. Because all of a sudden, like, yeah, we're a weightlifting club, but then all of a sudden people, you know, I'd be like, well, we do this too. And they're like, oh, and also we got some power lifters and strong man. I don't know of any other gym where you can see a weightlifter, you know, three, four weightlifting girls. And all of a sudden over here, you have one of our coaches, Becky, doing strongman log presses. And then back here, I have like three, four football players training yeah. football. 
it's it's fucking madness in there mm-hmm. but it's, it's awesome. a busy place <laughs> yeah, but it's awesome um so it's, it is it's really unique and we're, we're we're really lucky it just it just happened yeah it wasn't because of just people ever it was everybody but it wasn't because of you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So the dude that loves cigars, motorcycles, heavy metal, and tattoos definitely had, and a beard has nothing to do with a culture built around strength sports. <laughs> <laughs> and how, like, yeah, I'm sure, like the same way that Tyler and I, for sure, anything yeah. we're interested in totally has nothing to do with any of those topics either. No, um, no. maybe a little. Yeah. <clears throat> But, but that's what's awesome is that the culture wasn't, even though you started a CrossFit gym early on, the culture was actually built around this Olympic weightlifting, this weightlifting club, opposed to now attracting, you're going to attract CrossFitters, but you already were attracting the antithesis of CrossFitters, which is not CrossFitters or strength-based athletes that, yeah. for sure, it's like I know there's a, people that look like me, sound like me, do the things that I like to do you're going to attract everybody that's kind of peripheral around that topic. So of course, strong men and power lifters and weightlifters are all going to come to you guys. It's like a Mecca of being like, Oh God, finally, I can not. It was, it was definitely the catalyst. I had never thought about it. So we had this discussion, but you're right. Yeah. Well, it's just, I think, and I think you can do it. You know, if, People out there get into, if you're coaching out of a gym and you start coaching, uh, say, like a group, uh, a specialty group to say, I've done this for like youth wrestlers, right? We have the whole team. I just coach them in a time slot, right? We've done that before. Um, But you can do that for any number of things. Put together a running club. The more more formal and club-based these things are, the more legs they've got. And you just, you know, the nice thing is that you know damn well, it didn't require a massive investment of money. (laughs) <laughs> it was just, it was, it, it was just, we called it this thing and we fucking stuck by it. And I tried to build it. I just tried to build it by talking to people about it. And yep. so this is a way you guys want to make your shit last a long time. I think that that's a really interesting way you can do that. That's one layer. And you can have five of those layers, different things, different clubs running at the same time. And, For sure. and I think then you've got a really, really right. special facility. Not that you don't already, but I, I want to get to our wrap up question here, Tyler. If you had to give one piece of advice to anyone who's looking at starting a gym, what advice would you give them? Oof, fuck. You're going to start over. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Um, Cause I've had a lot of, I've had a decent amount of people come to me and ask me or, or they've, I want to open up a gym and they want to like intern and learn. And then they're like, Oh, I have to like do a lot. <laughs> 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 like, um, I would say everyone has a different path. I know for me, um, I don't, I just put my head down and just do the fucking work as, as stupid as it is. I don't know if everyone has that in them. Um, cause anyone I've taught any successful owner or anyone in business or anyone, whatever career it may be, it's just doing the goddamn work. And the thing is you have to be resilient to criticism. And I would say, obviously sticking to your guns and stay in your path as Tyler said, or staying in your lane. Um, yeah. As soon as I, I, all the time people have all these ideas or, you know, we shouldn't shift this way. You know, the gym should be this. And I'm like, no, just keep doing what you truly believe in. And again, it, I think people see that, especially if you're really genuine and that's where they, they want to be led by someone that way. Right. You don't want some guy who's in it for trying to sell you a bunch of supplements and a bunch of bullshit. Um, Cause at the end of the day, you know, it's about money. Yeah. 
that's that's not gonna you know those places come and go those people come and go right yeah. so I, th- I think if you're if you got to live the life otherwise you that's it yeah well, one of the good things that you that you've done too, though, is while not making it about money, you've made goddamn sure that you're able to make money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's yeah. that's that is important. The, the one thing I know I wanted to, I want to make sure that I translate that out is that you do not advocate that people be martyrs, and that's why you got to be savvy with your business, not just out there giving away your service or underselling sure. yourself. Yeah, and that's no, and you nailed it. It's uh, that is that is a hard thing. Is there's times where you're like. You do have to give quite a bit to get a lot. Yeah. And that's okay. It happens later. Um, I, I started, I tell people like, dude, I, I do well now. I could do, you know, there's, you always do better. Right. Yeah. But I always think back to the year previously, the year previously. And as long as you're still on the incline, you're good. My first year, I remember when we opened, I went to our second location. I had to borrow $20 from my roommate just to fucking drive my car there. Cause I was $500 in the hole in my account. I couldn't, I had my credit card was maxed out. I had no money. Yeah. Like it's like, and you know, every bill under the sun that I was, I couldn't pay. Um, so it's, it's not easy. It sucks. A lot of, you know, Tyler, it, it's not, <laughs> it's, of course it's, it's, it is not any business owner could probably tell you the same thing. It's it, a lot of nights lying awake. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? But then, well, do I want to work in a cubicle or something? I hate doing, I, don't, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Yeah. Well, once you find out the thing you like doing, you might, it might as well work for you instead of you just working for it. So Tyler, thanks a bunch, man. This has been a great conversation. A pleasure catching up Uh, guys. You can find uh, it's torque SC on Instagram. Yes, sir. And torque is it? It's still torque SC.com as well. Is that correct? It is. Yep. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Our performance side is uh, just torque performance labs. Awesome. As well. Awesome. And you can find me on Instagram at Tyler Evanstone. You can find the show at the Gym Owners Podcast. And John? You can find me at JBanksFL. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Get, leave us a five-star review. Check out Torque, Torque Strength and Conditioning, Torque Barbell. Check out Tyler Ryder. Thanks to Tyler for uh, joining us today. Uh, make sure you go to gymhacking.com and go yep. to community.hackyourgym.com to get into the Facebook group and join a group of gym owners who are trying to do the thing. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.